Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Finding meaningful conversations and relationships that we can develop with each other is so valuable and so precious to us, especially at the holiday season. And one of the things we want for you this Christmas is greater intimacy with Jesus, something that really helps us that we look forward to each Christmas season, each Advent, is to do our surprising joy Advent meditations. Bill and I look forward every year to picking a character from the Christmas Gospels to really meditate on and pray and to prompt our interactions with the Lord about what we are feeling and to relate with and even we enjoy sharing with each other kind of the insights and how the Lord is meeting us through speaking to us as we journey with this character and Jesus in the Advent season, reflecting upon God's grace and action in our lives. He's with us now and we don't want to miss that this Advent. So we commend to you those surprising joy Advent cards. And then also... We want to just let you know, whenever you buy a Soul Shepherding resource, any profit goes to just support the costs of this ministry. We don't do a lot of fundraising. We're asking the Lord to put on your heart and His people's heart to support Soul Shepherding. So if you would be prompted to want to donate the ministry of Soul Shepherding and the Soul Talks podcast, go to soulshepherding.org and click the donate button and you can give a gift there. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. We are so thankful that you are part of the Soul Shepherding community. We are so blessed when we get to interact with you and even just seeing how many of you are tuning in to this podcast encourages us to keep going because sometimes it's hard to take courage and show up to this microphone. But Bill, I am thankful today that we do get to do this and I'm thankful to get to have an intentional conversation about giving thanks. And one of the things that sometimes can be a struggle around Thanksgiving is maybe we are not emotionally at a place where the Thanksgiving is just naturally flowing out of us. There's times in my life where I am, I'm just just filled with gratitude and praise and it's flowing out of me and it's easy. But then there's other times when the circumstances are difficult and I'm grieving or I'm experiencing a lot of desolation and difficulty. And it It feels like I can be tempted to think, oh, I've got to be that kid and say thank you to God. Like I had to say thank you to someone who gave me a gift I didn't want and didn't like. And like it just has to be this this sacrifice, this discipline, this kind of mannered things to do, but I'm I'm not really feeling it. And it feels kind of disintegritous. So gratitude and emotional honesty, how do they fit together? Because it seems like there's a tension between the two. Right. And I, I know some of our listeners are in a place where they, they are so excited to give thanks. Their hearts are ready and ripe for that. But then some aren't. It's kind of really a hard season to give thanks. They're suffering. They're experiencing a lot of, a lot of loss, a lot of difficulty. And so the Bible says rejoice always. Uh, again, I say rejoice. And it says give thanks in all circumstances and uh, rejoice in our trials. Consider pure joy when you go through many different kinds of trials. And sometimes that just sounds like denying emotion. And it just sounds like, well, uh, think think positive and true things, and just um, your your feelings will follow. And uh, if you have any contrary feelings, just repress them and uh, give thanks and put on a happy face. Yeah, sometimes I'll even feel shame to not be 
feeling thankful or to be struggling with contrary emotions. And so I want to not talk about it or, or hide it, or I'll look at people that seem to be able to do that and I'll idealize them and I'll condemn myself. Like, well, they're, they're able to be so happy and positive all the time, even in their difficult circumstances. And some, sometimes that happiness that we achieve is at the cost of negating our emotions and desires and needs. And that might seem happy for a while. It might seem like it works, but we, we pay a price for that, that repression of emotion uh, in potentially in bad health, in uh, the internalization of stress, in the distancing of um, our, in our relationships and in our, our relationship with God, where we're not bringing our true self, our, we're not bringing our inner experiences and needs to, to people and to the Lord. And so that's, that's a distancing factor. And so now there's this, there's this inner me, this dimension of my personality and my life, that's not not known, not understood, not cared for, not loved. But on the but I'm on the outside. I'm acting cheerful and thankful, and that's a good thing to be grateful because there are things to be grateful for. And so there is a, there's a tension here between these two realities. Definitely, and I think that it's confusing and it's hard to do well, and it helps to talk about it. Sometimes I find that if I'm denying my emotions and just trying to do, put on the happy thing or the, the well-mannered thing or the correct behavior, it does get in the way of my intimacy for two reasons. One is because I'm not being emotionally honest, like if it's with you and I'm doing that with you or with God. But also in order to do that, I usually go into a place where I'm shaming myself for feeling bad at all. I, ju- I, I start judging my emotions. Which is depressing, and it's you're harming yourself there with self-judging, self-condemning. And so that's going on underneath the surface while you're trying to be outwardly thankful and happy. Yeah, so this, this came up for me yesterday in our relationship because I was, I was having some emotions about some interactions we had the day before, and there was a part of me that just wanted to ignore them and repress them and not communicate them and not deal with them. But as I did that, I noticed I was sinking into shame because the only way I could do that was just my fault, my fault, my fault. It was all my fault. I'm too sensitive. I'm too emotional. Why am I feeling this? And I just didn't didn't want to have to deal with it. But instead, I've learned that actually I need to be honest with you because otherwise what's going to happen is I'm going to withdraw from you. I'm going to sink into this shame. And it's not going to be good for our relationship. And I love you. And I want to have a good, honest connected relationship with you. So I've learned that I need to be honest with you. So I asked you if you could listen to me and you did, and you gave me empathy and grace. It took courage for you to do that because it was uh, Sunday, Sabbath day. And I was, I had done my, my workout with uh, weights and core exercises and was about to go for a run. And so you, you needed to assert yourself to ask, to talk with me that, that really took courage for you to do that. And I appreciated that. And it was important because if we didn't have, if we don't have those kinds of conversations, then yeah, it makes for distance. Yeah, I'd either go into depression and shame, or maybe later I would I would leak out that anger at you in a way that would be hurtful, and you wouldn't know where it's coming from. Right, there would have been a hidden resentment. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when we're experiencing distance, not just in our marriage, but in our friendships or other family relationships, 
it's because of these repressed emotions and internalizing stress or having a, a secret resentment that maybe we're not even totally aware of or going into shame. And so uh, that's not th- the way of Jesus. That's not the way that the scriptures lay out for us. That's not the way that the psalmist models for us. And that's not what Paul's saying when he says, give thanks in all circumstance, just repress your emotions about the hard circumstances and just give thanks. Well, he, he uh, in Philippians there, he says, uh, do not be anxious about anything. And it seems like that. It sounds like, well, don't be anxious. Just just repress your emotions. But then he says, but in everything, and the, the implication is in everything that you're stressed about and everything that you're worrying about, uh, present your request to God. Ask God for what you need. Tell God what you want. Ex- express to God what your emotions are is, is the point he's making here. Uh, then the, the uh, and, and do this with gratefulness, meaning that at the same time that we're having some losses or some some distress, there's also some some blessings flowing our way that maybe we're not seeing. I think that's true. I think even if we go back to the illustration of yesterday in our conversation, there was some new blessings and some new gratitude that surfaced for me in our relationship because I felt really grateful for the way you responded to me. I felt really grateful that you 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 heard me. You paused your jog to be present to me. You were empathetic and really understood how I felt. You even apologized for, and you owned your part of it and apologized for it. And it was so loving. You just used mercy and grace to me. And so I was really thankful for that. And that increased my thankfulness for you. And then that en- enabled me throughout the day as you, as I, as I was with you and you reached out to hold my hand, or I was able to be more thankful even for that than I normally would be, even though that's something I'm thankful for when you show me affection. It was, it was even, I was even more thankful for it because of how you'd responded to me. I think that's true with God, that when we're emotionally honest with Him and we connect with Him and we receive His grace and His love and His mercy, that it makes us more thankful for Him. So what you're modeling is a way of going through the the distress, the frustration, uh, and finding gratitude through that process rather than uh, rep- using gratitude to just be positive and just focus on the positive and then negate the the negative and the the emotion, which is, I think, the way people typically hear that message about being grateful. They, they turn their eyes away from what hurts or what's frustrating or what's wrong, and they turn their eyes towards towards God or towards God's blessings, which is like half right. It's like, it's always good to turn our eyes to the Lord, for sure. But if that, it, but it's... We also need to be able to turn our eyes to the Lord with maybe tears in our eyes or a frown on our face because we're frustrated or a, a distress and, and an anxiety that we're needing to express to God and, and find our gratitude through that emotional honesty. Yeah. I, you know right now, Bill, that I'm suffering with the loss of taste and smell, that I haven't been able to taste or smell for the last three months since having COVID, and that that's been... That's been really sad for me. That's been hard for me. That's been a, a, a suffering for me more than I would have thought. I'm surprised how much I feel the loss and how much it affects in terms of feelings of safety because I, I find myself not able to smell things that are harmful to me or to others or to us. And so it it, it puts me in a position of increased vulnerability it's a loss because it makes me insecure because I don't know if I smell bad, if our house smells bad. I feel insecure about ways that I try to love people 
and not knowing if I'm doing it, not being able to have that feedback of how things smell. And, you know, you've, I've had to be relying upon you to let me know if the cat litter smells, how it smells. I don't know if our garbage smells, things like that. And then also just the appreciating the pleasure that God had given me through taste of different foods and all the different ways that I received his love, his consolation, comfort, even eating hasn't has been hard. It's something I've had to kind of make myself do because I don't enjoy it. And actually, as my as I'm in the healing process, now I'm in a stage where I'm just having really bad smells. Like instead of having appropriate smells, everything just feels putrid, really, really horrible to me. So it's especially hard to eat right now. But in this, there's there's been difficulty for me with being thankful. I've tried to just be thankful that I have my other senses and I am thankful for that. Or I'm thankful that, well, I can still eat even though it's hard for me and I don't like it. I I still am able to eat and get the nutrition I need. But I've been trying to look for ways into which I could find something positive in this experience to give thanks for. And, you know, I'm finding little ones, but it doesn't deal with or deny still the loss and the grief. And the you hear me complain about it. So you're showing us, Christy, it's really helpful through just this specific example of uh, the effects of COVID, losing your, your smell and your taste. You're showing us the, you're being emotionally honest about the losses and you're, you're, you're grieving. You're not able to um, protect yourself or uh, love others as well as you want when you can't smell and notice what smells bad. You're feeling the loss of pleasure associated with eating and uh, th- that's a very significant deprivation for you. It's hard for you to feel satisfied when you eat. And so... Yeah, my cravings. I still have cravings and crave good, yummy things. But then when I eat them, they taste so horrible. And so I don't feel satisfied because the craving is still there. Mm-hmm. I still want something yummy. I still want something that tastes good. I still, I really miss the enjoyment of some of those favorite foods that now just taste and smell horrid. Yeah, so it's it's so disappointing. It's hard to like even look forward to eating, but then you naturally you're hungry and you you have that you, you start to look forward to it, but then it ends up tasting so bad and so you feel like you're worse off before you started even. Yeah, and you and I had some special things we enjoyed together. We really enjoyed going and getting a matcha tea latte together or we had a favorite cookie place or gelato. And we're not able to enjoy those things. So I even miss kind of the fun, the bonding. You and I don't indulge much in pleasure. But those were some things we did indulge in. There's few of them, but now they're lost too. And so that's been another grief for me. And so you'll hear me explain those griefs. Especially in the holiday season. So many of yeah. our gatherings with family and friends, food I'm gonna, is at the center of Yeah, that. I'm going to cook a Thanksgiving piece. It's going to smell putrid to me. <laughs> Yeah. Those are losses for me or some of my favorite holiday foods that are coming around. Eggnog that I only enjoy once a year. I probably won't get to enjoy this year. So I com- I complain a little bit about those losses to you. And I would feel guilty and shame about that and probably hide that. But I've learned from the psalmist and healthy lamenting and the discipline of lament that that really pairs with Thanksgiving. If I do the work of healthy lament which we call good complaining, then it it does release a new Thanksgiving 
to me. It helps me to be able to give thanks for all the good things that God does give me rather than just put my energy into just trying to deny. It's a thankfulness that's wholehearted, whole-souled. It's it's emotionally honest. It's coming from your, your actual real life. It's not requiring you to just not look at some things or just pretend you don't feel disappointed or frustrated, but to actually admit to what's difficult, invite God into that. Yeah. You you have put together and teach really well in our Spiritual and Psychological Development Institute Week on the difference between good and bad complaining. And that has been so helpful to me, the chart that you put in our Institute book on the difference between good complaining and bad complaining. Because I think... I tend to judge myself when I complain that, well, it's all bad complaining. I shouldn't complain, and I feel shame that I complain. And so seeing this chart that you put together with good complaining was helpful to me. It was like, oh, there's actually a good complaining? Oh, yeah, that's that's the healthy lament. That's the healthy grief grief work. And so that that's a good corrective for me to know when am I stepping into the bad complaining and when am I doing a productive, important lamenting that's actually building intimacy in my relationship with God and working through the grief to get me to a place of genuine thanksgiving. Yeah, so let's just uh, touch on some of this. We spent a whole session on this in the Soul Shepherding Institute, and you who are listening, we would love to have you join us for that. Uh, It's fun to just imagine you with us in a circle. There would probably be about uh, 30 or 35 of us together on retreat and going through various soul shepherding topics and uh, experiences with uh, praying psalms and having soul talks with each other and uh, different scripture meditation experiences and, of course, question and answer discussion and five hours of TLC time every day, which is TLC is for To Love Christ, time in solitude and silence, time for soul care, uh, spiritual direction groups. And each, each day of the Institute is like this, and it's fun to just imagine you with us in that. Yeah, we've got a couple new cohorts starting this year soon. So you can go to soulshepherding.org and click on the Institute and you can see the upcoming dates that we have. We'd love to have you consider praying. There's always a new cohort, a new retreat for the Institute coming because we we just keep keep doing them as long as people keep coming. So It's probably the most fruitful thing we do. We just love seeing the transformation in people's lives. And the funnest too. Yeah. So... Good and bad complaining. It doesn't sound like fun, but when you differentiate, it, it's releasing. It's it's healing and it's bonding with the Lord and in our relationships. So uh, bad complaining is like grumbling and good complaining is like the lament psalms, as you said, Christy. So the Israelites complained in the wilderness. Uh, we read in the Old Testament, Exodus and Numbers and uh, they were they were grumbling. They were just being uh, incessantly negative and filled with self pity and resentful and thinking bad things about God. But in contrast, in the psalmist offers an emotionally honest prayer. In the the complaint psalms are actually called complaint psalms, but they're uh, songs of faith and they're songs that uh, and prayers that bring in the goodness of God, even in the midst of our complaining. And so there's like a, an emotionally honest faith there. In uh, grumbling, a lot of times we're blaming other people or our own self. And, uh, but in lament, we're taking responsibility for ourself. 
and how we're reacting to the situation. And, uh, and grumbling, we're like, I call this externalizing. We're, we're expecting the situation to be different. We're seeing the problem is outside of us. And we're not seeing that our experience and our participation or our reaction are uh, important. So, but in the Lent Psalms, we're accepting reality and we're taking ownership of our emotions and our needs. And we're talking about that with God, with somebody that's safe. Uh, and grumbling, we're like generalizing, oh, this always happens or it will never change. And there's that uh, all or nothing thinking and uh, hopelessness. But in the Lament Psalms, are very concrete. We give specific examples. And so in counseling and spiritual direction, we always ask people, well, what's an example of how you're feeling? That's why even in this podcast, Christy, you share about your the experience that you had with the, the tension between us yesterday or the example with losing your taste and your smell. Because if we don't have a specific example, uh, the conversations are sort of uh, theoretical. So healthy l- lament uh, or good complaining is concrete. There are specific examples. Uh, in grumbling, we're repressing emotions like sadness, anger, and fear. We're not admitting that. We're not putting words to those feelings. We're not coming from a place of needing something. Uh, but in the lament, we're being very honest. Uh, is it, We're vulnerable, and uh, we're admitting to what we need there. Uh, a lot of times in grumbling, we're spoiling uh, g- good things that God's providing. And, there's, and that's the, the, the power of thankfulness, is that there's always something good and beautiful. Life with Jesus in the Father's world, there is always kindness flowing. There is always new adventures that are possible. There are always ways that God is bringing in something lovely uh, for us. And in, uh, so in, in grumbling, we're spoiling, but in healthy lament, we're receiving and appreciating whatever is good. And a lot of times the, the good things are unseen. They're spiritual. And so we need, we need to look for them. Well, and I usually find that I can find those after I've processed through some of my complaining, that I need to kind of get the complaint. Because usually what I'm complaining about, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing and I'm feeling it. Like listeners, if you were with us, you'd see I'd like, I'm putting my hand right in front of my face as an example of all I can see is my hand. It's like, that's the thing I'm complaining about and it's coloring everything else I'm perceiving. But when I start to talk about this and how this feels at my hand right here, blocking everything and how frustrating it is, then I get free and all of a sudden I can see the things I've been missing. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of times we're just, we're forcing ourselves to be thankful and and grateful and and to see the things that are uh, beautiful and lovely um, but we're, we're forcing ourselves as in we're, we're negating our actual needs and, and distress. I see this all the time, Bill, with spiritual direction. When, when I meet with a client and they come in and they're emotionally honest with me and they let themselves do the complaining and share their burden, they leave so free. They leave restored in faith. They re- leave restored in their intimacy with God, their confidence in God. They've usually found some things to be grateful for. Usually they leave with some words of thanksgiving on their mouth. This is why we put empathy at the very center of spiritual direction with our uh, senior spiritual directors on our staff. We emphasize uh, empathetic listening and really helping people find words for what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, especially in their relationship with God, because it's so helpful for opening up their ability to to perceive and be aware of God's presence in their life. And so, uh, yeah, empathy is what facilitates uh, healthy 
complaining rather than unhealthy complaining is what facilitates a, a gratitude that, that comes from deep within our souls, deep within our hearts. I'm finding as I am doing the lamenting, the healthy complaining to God over this loss with my taste and smell, that after I do that, then I'm able to kind of get back to a place of surrender and just say, okay, Lord, what, what do you have for me in this? What are you teaching me? Help me to see the good that you're willing for me in this. But I can't start there because I got all this other emotion that gets in the way. Yeah, that's really helpful. So a few more contrasts between grumbling and lamenting. In grumbling, we're trying to control things, people, circumstances, emotion, trying to make something happen. But in lament, we're abandoning outcomes to God. We're submitting ourselves to the Lord, to his word. And That's part of what I said, that there is a work of a, an accepting a reality of the loss. I have to get to the acceptance. Okay, I'm still struggling with this. I'm still feeling this every day, still longing for restoration, for healing. But Lord, where is there something good that you're wanting to show me in this? In other words, there's two realities. There was the reality of my experience and how I'm feeling about it, which in this case is a complaint. But then there's also the reality of God's presence, God's kingdom, God's word, what, what God is saying and doing through and an, that situation. And an acceptance, yeah, that there must be something good that God is intending for me to let me continue to suffer this. Mm-hmm. So we're bringing together those two realities because we're bi-habitational creatures. We're made for two worlds, the visible and the invisible. In the flesh, this just feels bad. But as I engage with God honestly about how it feels, and I can then surrender to it and learn to say, okay, how can I, how can I experience your pleasure in this season where one of the main pleasures that I enjoyed that I'm genuinely thankful to you for has been taken from me? In uh, grumbling, we, we tend to do whatever will make us feel better. Also, it's often it's like a compulsive behavior uh, sort of thing or some mechanism of escape. But in the Lament Psalms, we're actually learning to worship God. Even in the midst of uh, loss or frustration or grief and difficult situations. Uh, in grumbling, we end up stuck in the situation and in our bodily state of really just some repressed emotional toxins that we're just cycling in. But in the Lament Psalms, we're learning to live in the spiritual reality of God's kingdom and actually bring our bodies into that. Yeah, now I'm still learning that. I've been practicing that now for a long time. You don't have this mastered? No, it's still a learning. I, I am still... I have learned that I can still be happy in Jesus without taste and smell. <laughs> so that's a good thing. But I'm still mourning and grieving the loss of it. So uh, thank you, Christy, for your authenticity. And for you who are listening, I hope that gives you some inspiration and ideas and energies around in your life as you're dealing with different frustrations or losses or uh, health challenges or conflicts in a relationship or uh, disappointments in your life, that uh, to be emotionally honest with God in prayer, uh, praying the lament psalms, uh, finding a, a, a safe person who uh, will listen to you and give you empathy, pray for you, that this is part of the life of gratitude and thankfulness, is part of uh, rejoicing in all circumstances, is part of not being anxious about anything. Uh, it's part of finding God in the midst of daily life. And uh, so, 
this is uh, uh, really central to uh, a robust celebration of Thanksgiving as we begin this holiday season, and we're so thankful for Jesus for so many reasons. Our Lord and our Savior uh, has forgiven us of our sins and shown us the Father's love, and so where would we be without the incarnation of Jesus? We would be so lost, and part of what Jesus shows us is uh, the fullness of a human being. The, the, how God created us to be, what we were like in, in the garden, in Adam and Eve, and what we'll be like in heaven, and what we're becoming like as uh, students of Jesus, as his apprentices. And a part of that is Jesus shows us how to be emotionally honest, uh, like the psalmist. And so uh, we're integrating uh, gratefulness and uh, emotional truthfulness. Jesus, how grateful we are, truly grateful for your love, for your shepherding of our souls, for your grace and mercy and empathy in our struggles. Jesus, thank you that we can cry out to you with our pain, our sadness, our laments, that your grace is enough for us. Even even when we slip into the bag complaining, that your grace and empathy is there for us and that you draw us back. Thank you that you do show us that you are with us even in the valleys of of the shadow of death that we need not fear, that we can trust you and that you are working good even when we can't see it, even when we can't experience it, that you are preparing a table for us even in the presence of our enemies, that you invite us to sit at the table and fellowship with you and to, to receive from you and that you provide us the nutrition and the strength that we need and the bonding. So Lord, I pray for each of us this Thanksgiving, that you will enable us to take courage to be emotionally honest with you, to take time to be emotionally honest with you, and then to let ourselves receive from you your love, your presence, your empathy, your grace, and your goodness, and be restored in our souls to a place of enjoying your goodness and overflowing with genuine thankfulness and gratitude to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 